Go. Steve, the recording is in progress, and so is this podcast. Did that rhyme? I feel like that might have rhymed a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Maybe. Okay. All right. We're off to a okay start today. Um, this is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. Steve. Uh, we got some stuff to talk about. I wouldn't say we have a lot to talk about. I think I think we've got a medium amount of, of stuff to talk about, but some interesting stuff. Um, of course, we decided to skip last week for this very reason, which is to talk about college basketball, because if you're going to get your bracket picks right, you're going to hear it from Steve and Darian, because that's exactly where I get my sources. Um, and then we have some more, I, I don't know if it's really more, but uh, some additional NFL announcer talk to discuss and then we've got an old guy young guy that I think I know what it is but I'm not sure so we'll see where this goes you ready Steve? You go. you ready? You're, I'm you're ready. ready he's ready yep. he looks ready okay um Steve there's a basketball tournament this this coming week, I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's called the NCAA March Madness Basketball Tournament. Uh, there, there's a men's division and a women's division. Uh, the men's division started tonight as we sat here and we're talking. And oh yeah, by the way, um, I think Texas Southern and Texas A&M Corpus Christi are playing, followed by Wyoming and Indiana. And then tomorrow, there's a couple more games. Um, I think this is probably my favorite sports weekend of the year. Do you think, do you, where would you rank this weekend? And are you more excited this year versus last year? Cause I might have an interesting answer. I'm going to let you answer those questions first. I think I'm more excited this year than last year, right? Cause we okay. got fans in the stands and it feels like basketball. It feels like the tournament. I think it's a really good sports weekend. Um, he says really good sports weekend. I don't know if it's the best of the year, and I, and I guess I'm hard-pressed right at the moment to think about what's better. And part of that is me as a basketball fan. Like, I'm not as hardcore of a basketball fan. I was fan just going to say that. You know. So, so a that's a big guy. part of it. Yeah. Um, but I do, and part of it is, too, I mean, I feel like it's hard. It's easier now to access the games, you know, at, at work or any place else. Um, but I feel like five or seven years ago, I, w- I, w- I wanted to know what was happening at every game from start to finish starting Thursday. Now I may, I may be not quite as interested, but it's, it's, a, it's a heck of a strong weekend because there's going to be upsets. There's going to, there's going to be some, there's going to be some great basketball. Um, and yeah, it's just, it, it's what, it's when, it's when the season begins for a lot of fans too, right? Cause this is yeah. the casual fans just started paying attention with their brackets. I have to say that I think this year I was discussing this earlier. I have not filled out a bracket yet. I think that I am in the casual fan. I don't know if it was, and this sounds weird because I know people were weird about it this year, but the Winter Olympics or whatever it may have been, I just never really caught on to college basketball this season. I never, and and I think that's why I'm saying that I'm, I don't know, I'm not as excited as I normally am for the tournament. Normally I'm devising my plans for how I'm going to watch the games, where I'm going to watch the games, what what I'm going to do when I watch the games clearing my schedule for, for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I have plans Friday and Sunday. So that's two days of basketball that I'm kind of not really shooting away, but mildly giving up on. And like, I'm, 
I'm okay with that. And I think that's weird for me because usually, even though I, I much like you grew up as a football person and a hockey person, I would just kind of stop, stop what I was doing and pay attention to nothing but college basketball for three weeks. Um, and, and now I'm going to mildly pay attention to college basketball for three weeks. Yeah. I know there's a couple of days. I mean, I know Saturday's a lost day um, in terms of watching basketball Friday. I, I probably got a shot at watching some basketball games. Um, Sunday, a little bit of basketball, um, but there's actually um, the women's national championship in hockey at Penn state. You know, they're hosting it. I got invited to go watch the champ- champion national championship game. So I'm going to go take in a women's hockey national championship game, which means there's not watching basketball Sunday afternoon when the, when the sweet 16 gets finalized. So, I mean, I'm interested. I think there's a lot of great storylines in the basketball tournament. Always, always are. But I think there's a lot of great ones there that I'm semi intrigued about, but I just haven't, I have really haven't dived into it to, to take it all in. Like I might've a few seasons ago. Yeah. I, I don't, I think I watched, I watched a little bit of both Penn State's, no, or all three of Penn State's games. I didn't watch all, all but I watched a little bit of those. Um, Normally I turn in on a couple of the ACC tournament games because I think that is the premier division, even if, you know, from what I know that they're having an off year this year, uh, didn't watch a lick of that. Uh, I didn't watch, I didn't normally catch a Pac-12 because I also think Pac-12 plays interesting basketball, didn't watch a second of that. And I, I don't, I just, I don't know why I don't care about basketball. And I think, for me last year, like I remember like, and I think maybe this was some of the, not that the pandemic is over, but the, the we've talked about this for being the cooped upness and, and looking forward to having that excitement about sports. And I think that was an opportunity for a sense of normalcy over those four, you know, those first four days. And then throughout the rest of the tournament, as weird as it was, because they were in this giant makeshift bubble. Um but yeah, I, I like now for you, how do you watch like how do you watch the games? Are you like me normally that I try to catch a minute of at least one minute of every single game possible? Do you do that? Or are you just like, let's just let what happens happens. I'll leave this channel on and I'll jump over to TBS if TM. Oh no, happening. I'll jump around to find the teams I'm interested in, um, or the, or the people that I think I'm interested in. Um and I'll probably sample, I mean, because it's the, the announcer stuff, try to sample a little bit of, of every team that's working games. Um, there are some, yeah, I'll probably see a little bit. I mean, if, if I watch Friday, I'll see a little bit of every game. Late Thursday, oh, Thursday night should be a good night to watch too. Cause I mean, there's nothing. So I, yeah, I mean, I, probably Thursday, Friday, I'll probably watch a decent amount of basketball and I'll switch back and forth. And that's the other good thing about YouTube TV, you know, or any way you stream it. But for me, it's YouTube TV. I'm going to have one on the TV. I'll have one on my laptop. You know, or maybe, yeah, and it's just a good way to kind of stay connected and see what's going on. So I think I'll sample a little bit of everything, but it, but I give greater weight to probably some programs I think I, I know or like, and I'm a sucker for, you know, seeing the score bug in the upper corner that something's close in the times, time, and I'm changing. Like, I'm, I'm not loyal to the game film. I'm on. That is the like best I think that's, you know, right here. Um, it, it's, it's just an oddly satisfying time of the year. My favorite thing about the tournament is usually now it falls this week in March. 
usually you catch one of those days being a uh, being St. Patrick's Day, and I don't opt for the alcohol on St. Patrick's Day usually, uh, but I do opt for a shamrock shake and some McDonald's French fries. And let me tell you what, I I will go get McDonald's French fries and a shamrock shake for lunch on Thursday because I just just a one of the, you know one of those one of those memories that has a a scent or a taste lock to it is me watching the tournament. I haven't had a shamrock shake almost in probably your lifetime, but now I'm kind of intrigued now about that as I think about that. They, they've, they've, they're still incredible. They've got all these other weird ones out there. Um, and other brands are starting to try to steal the shamrock shake. Sheets has them. Um, Duncan has this weird Irish cream one that looks gross. Um, so anyways, back to basketball. Um I will say the thing that I love most about this time of year, this is the pinnacle, I think, in sports broadcasting for the announcer lineups that you get from T- from Turner and CBS. You've got Jim Nance, Bill Raftery, Grant Hill, and Tracy Wolfson. You've got people like Ian Eagle, Kevin Harlan, um, Brad Nessler. I think there's no better sports media weekend in the year because of that i think that to me is, is always an interesting aspect of the, the tournament as well yeah i think i think that's fair i mean in terms of play-by-play right because you're going to get calls you're going to get those kind of things that in terms from that piece of sports media i think it's a it's a very strong weekend and and and, and you get to hear how different people go about their job and and, and how they react to games and situations so yeah and i there's people in Brian Anderson is really good. Lisa Byington's got is calling games. So I, I think top to bottom, it doesn't, even though there's so many games, it doesn't feel like there's a huge drop off from, from one team to another, even though we all know who the top team, you know, who the, who the network's right. top team is. It just doesn't feel like, Oh, if they're not calling the game, this game is any less or that person isn't good at their job. Yeah, no, I think that is, that is pretty much where I'm at with it, that it's, there's really from the media production there's not a lot of gripes that i have with the tournament and the way the tournament is presented and the beast that the tournament has become i don't really remember the era of only having certain games on like you could only that to me is absolutely wild like i (laughs) I think that it's just mind-blowing to me that like you were stuck with that game until the other game got interesting and they might go to that one, but they probably not. Or they might have this little tiny box in the top corner that you can kind of make out the score. I, and, and the other thing is like, that's not to be one of those guys, but like not to be one of those youths, but at the same time, like that's, that was like 2002 that they were still doing that thing. It was relatively well, eight years old then. And there were people when ESPN was first doing things and jumping around, there were people who panned what ESPN did, right? Like, oh, that's different. That's not what, you know, show them the game. And, and attention spans have changed the way what people expect expectations are have changed. I mean, the adaptation of the tournament, well, I believe, I believe the bracket, the bracket, I believe is the one of the biggest influencers in sports in the past decade, because every tournament, every playoffs, I mean, the NFL playoffs, they talk about entering the tournament for the NFL playoffs. It used to just be the playoffs, you know, and mm-hmm. they didn't talk about it as a tournament. 
and the bracket has inundated every other sport and advertising campaigns and things like that. I think that's huge, but also the, the approach to the broadcast has changed what people expected. What happened with the NCAA tournament, I believe, led to the NFL red zone. You know, so there's just mm -hmm. that kind of thing. The influences of this event are really, in some ways, easy to, to quantify. In other ways, hard to quantify because they're, they're so deep and so far reaching. I think even like one shining moment has has kind of sort of changed the sports montage thing. I, I know that, um, and this doesn't happen really here in the U.S. with any of the four major sports, but like one shining moment is pretty much its own unique thing. But in Canada, they now do that very similar one shining moment after the, the Stanley Cup playoffs on, on Rogers. It's, it's an incredible watch. Um, and I think that's another aspect of, of this. And I know that's a ways away. I'm sure we'll talk about the final four as it gets closer. Um, I think for me, the, the biggest invention has has really just been the fact that you can like you've talked about this before it's not just a sporting event happening it's this is our culture for the next month like mm -hmm. for the next two weeks like you look at the creamery the creamery is doing their their flavor madness um the food network has this tournament of champions it, 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 like for March, this is what March is about. Like, the, it's no longer springtime. March is not about spring. It is. It is about this tournament. About I, I think that's yeah, really. And, and the and the traveling circus that shows up in cities. You know, Pittsburgh's hosting hosting games. All those places in those local markets that that benefit from this. I mean, it is it is a cultural phenomenon and an impact. And in terms of the flavor madness for the creamery, if you're listening to this point, still vote for PA Pink Zone Strawberry. Pink Zone folks would love to upset the WPSU Coffee Break folks in that first I, round gotcha. I have heard from some sources that that is a very good flavor of ice cream. It's a very good P flavor of ice cream. P Plus the cream. organization does good things so if they could well, keep yeah, the more people that, talk about. I've, you know, sometimes they, places put those out and they're like, oh yeah, this is good. This, is, this supports a good cause. No, I've heard it's actually a very good uh, <laughs> flavor of ice cream. Um, it's like, what, uh, this sounds dumb and stupid, but looking at the, the, the bracket here, looking at the games, are there any games that you're excited for? I think it's very funny to me that Villanova and Delaware have to go to Pittsburgh to play. Just the, the, uh, like that, the Eastern half of the state is a, its own ecosystem compared right. to the Western half of the state and, and to force people from the Eastern half of the state to go enjoy that Western eco ecosystem is funny to me. Uh, the first round games, uh, TCU Seton Hall, like, is interesting to me. I mean, I, I with with Jamie Dixon out at TCU. I mean, I just I think that's always fun to see folks from two different regions that don't play each other a lot. Um, you know, everybody always looks at the 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 five twelves, right? So Texas, West Virginia. I guess that's a six eleven. But Texas West Virginia is interesting, or Virginia Tech. Sorry, not West Virginia. Virginia Tech is interesting to me. Um, and that's the other thing. Everybody tries to sound like that they're smart and they know what they know what they're doing. And, and that's what makes these first round games. You just, you just don't know. I mean, I have watched very minimal basketball from start to finish this year. And most of it is Penn state basketball and, and they aren't sniffing the tournament. So, you know, I don't, but I still don't think that I know that much less about what's going to happen once the ball starts bouncing and goes up in the air than, than other people who've watched dozens of games start to finish. 
yeah, I'm just, uh, I, I think that is my bracket strategy this year. I'm hoping that that actually helps me, that I'm just, we're, we're going to go in here and start black Yeah, no, I, yeah I mean, sure, I, you sound great. When I look at of. what I ended up with, I'm like, oh, okay, that was probably kind of dumb. But, you know, hey, at the time, it sounded good. Yeah, the, and usually, usually with the years that I have, like, sat down, I'm like, okay, I think this team's, you end up looking like a complete jackass when it comes to, like, right, this guy can play it off or, and say, hey, I didn't yeah. spend any team on this time on this anyway, so so what? Yeah, no. exactly. So that's, that's my that's my thought process. It worked out well for me in fantasy football this year. So I, I, there I you go. You know. So, um, so uh, one TV. You'll only do one TVs. Oh no, I think probably the TV and the laptop. Right, that gives me two games. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think last year I did I did two TVs in the projector. Um, it was a lot. A lot of a lot of. A lot of stuff happening, going on. I think we'll probably end up busting out the projector. I'm not sure, though. We'll see. Uh, and a TV. A TV for sure, well, obviously, for sure. But I think maybe the iPad will, will come handy, more handy this year. I mean, I can always give up in, in, on a regular night, weeknight, and find a, a rerun or a movie. It's a tournament, right? So I'll pro- I, I won't move away from basketball when the TV's on. Like, there won't be a lot of jumping around except from – you know, TBS, True TV, or wherever the games are, as opposed to whatever junk I could be tempted by on a normal night. Tell you what, the invention of voice remotes has really ruined the what channel is T, uh, True TV for for me. Oh, true. No, that and that used to be a thing, right? That used to be four or five years ago. Where do you find this channel? And this has all of a sudden changed that, right? Even even other even if you don't have voice remotes, that your TV is going to prompt you. YouTube TV this week, past week has been who's your team. Like when you first sign in, you get the, the logos for all the teams in the tournament and you can click on the team that's your team that you want to follow. And then, then subsequently, when you log in, it'll say, hey, this team's game is here and it, it'll take you right to it. Um, yeah, there was something else that prompted me like that the other day. Amazon, I think, prompted me with something and they'll do that occasionally. Um, but I just thought that was interesting. Um, so, yeah. Um, anything else you're excited about? with the tournament no nope. ready for the games to begin i mean i know they already have and i know last year a team from the first four got to the final four but and i'll probably peek in on indiana wyoming but i don't have a lot of expectations for first four teams even though they there's been they've been making runs the past few seasons yeah i think uh, i think that's about where i'm at with it um i'm gonna take a quick slight detour here steve okay um i want to discuss i think we should discuss the women's hockey uh, Frozen Four is in State College this weekend. I think this is a big deal for a multitude of reasons, um, mainly just because I think this is another acknowledgement that hockey is a legitimate thing in State College. I think they wouldn't have put it here unless they said, okay, yeah, we, you have the facility, you have the space, you have um, the fan base, the fans to, to, to drive it. Are you – what are your expectations? Are you excited as somebody that is going? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what, what's in the what's in Pagula for the championship game. Um, I think Penn State does a great job of putting on events. Typically, um, they have teams that that it should get them fans. I mean, they got Ohio State, Yale, and Northeastern, which you know, realistically, and then Minnesota Duluth, which who I assume travels well, right? Just Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I guess they probably do. But the others are within driving distance. Um, yeah, and Penn State generally knows how to put on an event. It's the right size arena, it feels like, even if they get 
I don't know, maybe it's sold out. I don't know what ticket sales sales were, but even if it's two thirds full, it should be fun and, and entertaining. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see to see it. Are you are you going to the semifinal games or are you just no just fine just fine. Um, I'm interested to hear like what your reaction will be like once you're at it because I, I I think the, they're certainly with college hockey, especially like when you're at an NHL game versus college hockey game, it just moves a lot slower. And there are t- times when certain teams are playing that you can tell that certain teams are significantly better than others. But for the most part, once you get to that point in the women's tournament, the the differences are are, are so minute that it, it's it, like I actually always enjoy watching the, the, the women's first and four because of the, the style of play. I think much like with women's basketball, it's it's actually somewhat more enjoyable for me to watch because I'm somebody that enjoys the strategy and you see more of that because you can't you can't check you can't um you kind of have to approach it the game a little bit differently because of that um to me that's that's what I enjoy about women's hockey so I'm, I'm mildly jealous that you are going I I did think about buying tickets just didn't work out with the weekend but it is but yeah my expectations are at this level in the championship game the two teams should be you know fairly evenly matched or there's not it's not going to be like one team slogging and one team's not any good so i think that's cool and it'll be gosh it's only going to be like my third women's hockey game we went we went i don't think i've ever told you the story we went to a penn state women's club hockey game probably before you were a student here i had a kid in my class a girl in my class who was on the women's hockey team and great student nice kid and you know, I try when I have those students to show up at a track meet or whatever else, just because, you know, whatever. And she's like, you should come Tasty. to a game. Yeah, yeah. So we went to the game and Susan and I went to the game and we watched the first period. We were about two thirds of the way through the first period. And Susan leans over to me. She said, when are they going to start hitting? I said, this is women's hockey. They don't check. She said, why are we here? <laughs> I said, okay, there you go. Being a good guy. Exactly. I said, we're here supporting that. We're here supporting that young lady. And she's like, okay. She said, are we staying the whole game? I'm like, oh, no, I don't know that I ever thought we were staying the whole game. She said, because they're not hitting. I'm like, again, I know. <laughs> we'll see. That's so so she is not going to the game on Sunday because they won't be hitting. Well, you'll have a good time. Um, I, do, I do kind of find it funny that there's a chance that Ohio State, even if Penn State and Ohio State aren't in the same division or in the same yep. conference in, in women's hockey um that they could lift a national trophy title trophy there i think i think when i right now i think that the women's hockey team at penn state is the most underappreciated story maybe outside of men's volleyball um in terms of the success they've actually been having lately um this year was a little bit of a step back but they're building a program that should be playing at this level. I do think that Penn State's women's hockey team will get to a frozen four within the next mm, 10 years, at least maybe two, one or two. I would be comfortable with putting money toward that. Um, I, I, I do wonder though, like if Penn State in asking for this thought that they were going to be fielding, potentially fielding a team for this, uh, for this tournament. 
or for this part of the tournament, so to speak. So I thought that was kind of funny, interesting. Um, well, it's just like it's like hockey, men's hockey, right? The regionals. You know, they've got that deal with Allentown, which I thought I think Penn State thought for sure they were going to be in a couple more of those yeah. in, in the past couple of years as well. So yeah, I don't know if maybe they thought they were going to be exactly to this point, but I think they probably said the season was a little bit of a step back. I think they thought they might have been at least more competitively talking about being there and engaging some casual fans. It's it's funny because if you really pay attention to college hockey, and I, I feel like I more than most people pay attention to college hockey, you know that a lot of people do not like that Allentown Regional because it's kind of sort of difficult to get to. Usually it's the, the odd man out and a team like Denver will be the number one seed there as opposed to maybe somewhere a little farther out West, but it's the other problem with college hockey is the regionality of it. There's not a lot out West. So those teams do kind of get screwed over, so to speak. Um, But boy, if you thought Penn state ruined college hockey, then Penn state definitely ruined NCAA tournament with the Allentown regional because of the way that people react towards that and getting selected to go that that's, it's kind of interesting. It's very divisive uh, in the college hockey. Yeah, no, I believe that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Sorry, you know, Steve, I and it'd be different if Penn state was be different if Penn state was in it. Right. You know, and they'd, they'd have a chance of being there and maybe there, some of it would calm down, but yeah, that's kudos to Penn state for winning the bid and hosting it and doing all that. But there are, you know, drawbacks that come with that. I do wonder. I do wonder when Penn State hockey is going to get over the hump. I, I feel like they're kind of gotten up to the hump, and then they've kind of rolled back down and up and back down a couple times now. There's no program that I personally would rather see be successful than than that one. I think that it would do wonders for the university and hockey in the state. Even though I think hockey in the state of Pennsylvania has really never been higher and it's, it's only growing and largely because of the Sidney Crosby era, at least in my lifetime. I, I think you would probably agree with that. Um, anyways, that was just some random musings that I, I when you said that earlier, I, I did mean to want to talk about that and I want to talk about that. Um, anything else? No, there we go. I agree with you. I, I think they, I think for the men's team, I think they, I think they would argue that if the season in 2020 wouldn't have gotten canceled, maybe maybe yeah. you would have seen seen them get get over that hump, right? I think and then there's when, two teams. That, yeah, I think right. that that team and the lacrosse team right. were kind of sort of unfortunately screwed over by everything that happened. Right, and it's intriguing to me that that yes, it's the competitiveness of Big Ten hockey, but it's intriguing to me that you can be that close and, and still and it feels further away so quickly. Right. Mm-hmm. In some ways. Now they finished the season strong. The hockey team finished the season strong. And I think coach Kodowski knows his team and was right about where they were. Um, and I, the, the, the way they finished the season has to make you optimistic about next season, but that, that whole building a new culture and doing whatever else is just intriguing to me that a couple guys or whatever can cost you to cause you to take a step back like that. Yeah. It's, it's super fascinating with college hockey because it's, as Ben Jones wrote, there's, there's been a couple guys that Penn State has has missed out on that have ultimately gone on to the NHL, and I think the first one for me that comes to mind is AJ Greer. He was committed to Penn State and then switched to Boston College. Um, 
Ben Jones wrote an article about, I, I'm blanking on who it was, um, somebody that recently just just signed uh, with, with uh, or is the number top, one of the top five draft picks in this coming draft. Um, is not going to come, is, is a Pennsylvania native, but isn't going to end up in, in state college. And I, I thought that was interesting because that's one of those things where you get one of those guys, you have a mild amount of success, and then it, it just keeps coming and going or keeps rolling. It's, it's what's happened at Denver. It's really what's happened at a lot of the places that aren't necessarily hockey hotbeds. Um, but I think that's the break point. I think that's really the step that's going to get Penn State over the hump. Yeah, and I, I, my expectation is is that comes at some point, um, but you know, I mean, I think they thought Evan Barrett was going to be that guy in some ways. It was the first one through the door and 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 the Pied Piper and followed people through. And I don't know that exactly happened that way. And he was good and and did good things. So, and I, I think what I like about Coach Gadowski is the honesty, and there's there's a little bit of romantic. To, to what he goes about when he talks about, you know, those not having those players. I mean, if he has those players, I'm sure he'd be happy to have them. But when he doesn't have them, he talks about playing as a unit and supporting each other and and good things can happen when people are together. And there's there's a romanticism to that, which I think sort of played out at the end of the season until the, the semifinal lost. Um, so, you know, he may be right about that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Hey, they're always going to shoot the puck, though. Let me tell you what. Exactly. They looked up at the shot clock the other night and it was like, it was heavily tilted toward Penn State way. And I was like, that's Penn State hockey. Some yep. things never Can't change. Can't win the net unless you shoot it. So there you go. Yeah. All right. Um, so while we were away, which was just a week, so weren't really away that long. But um, the, the thing that we had talked about kind of sort of happened. Uh, Joe Buck is pretty much officially headed to ESPN by all – matters of the fact a um, couple things with that I think number one absolutely elevates the ESPN booth I, I think much like anyone else I think you have to have Troy Aikman with Joe Buck and Joe Buck with Troy Aikman um, makes sense because ESPN has now has 20 NFL games a season I think is what it shakes out to be between some of their Saturday night games and the Sunday night game or the Monday night game and playoff games and this, that, and everything. So that makes sense. I am interested in it uh, from the Fox standpoint, because now they're basically not SOL, but they, they really, their broadcast, I think takes a massive hit in a lot of ways on who they have and can get both at the NFL level and at the um the nfl level and at the mlb level because they have the world series and it's really the number two ish sporting event of the year in terms of ratings and i think the other thing that's interesting to me is is the trickle down effect that's going to keep happening that we've talked about before um based off of all of this um who's going to go where and and who's going to as we talked about before, your 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 fall is going to sound a lot different this year, for a lot of reasons. Uh, this being the probably the biggest one. Yeah, yeah, and it, well, it'll, it'll sound the same. They'll, they'll just be on a different channel for that yeah. one. Um, 
And it will be interesting to see what Fox does because they're in the Super Bowl rotation. You know, everybody's everybody's in the Super Bowl rotation now, right? So you want to have a, a, a broadcast team that's worthy of that when your your time comes up on the wheel. I guess one name that is in, interesting to me that is not that I have not heard mentioned in Fox's potential places is is a Fox employee who would typically get lots of attention at NCAA basketball tournament time, maybe five or six years ago. Is is Gus Johnson not serious enough? not respected enough to be an NFL guy? Is he only a college guy? That's a good question, Steve. Wow. I was not prepared for that good of a question. No, I don't think he is. I don't think he is. Like, I think. Does that stick much in the way in there's certain sports? Keith Jackson's voice fit college football? I think in a completely different way, but in the same way, Gus Johnson's voice fits college football, but doesn't really makes sense for the NFL. I, I hadn't thought about it till we were just, I was thinking about people who come up that we talked about two weeks ago and whatever else. And I'm like, oh, geez, Gus Johnson's at Fox. He was the hot guy a couple of years ago. But I, I don't know that I could hear that shtick on the NFL and not feel like I'm being sold something. And I know I'm being sold something every week. Don't get me wrong. But it, the NFL games don't need sold, I guess. They are the biggest thing in, in, in the sporting world in the United States. So, but it's just intriguing me that that connection... And I don't know, like maybe I'll go do a search and he has been connected with it and I'm just wrong, but I don't know that I've seen it publicly connected with that seat anywhere. No, the apparently the, the heavy leader in the, the clubhouse is Kevin Burkhart, which I think he's yes got a solid, like a solid voice in the way he sounds, has that voice of a number one guy. Uh, I don't know. I I do wonder about a person like Kenny Albert. I do wonder about, I don't know how it works with their contracts, but an Iron Eagle, um, those types of guys that are, or even a Kevin Harlan, um, you know, I don't know how their contracts work and all of that, but to me, those would be the, the, my short list. That would be kind of my short list of, of who I would want to be in that spot, because you want somebody that you're probably going to want somebody that's versatile that can do the world series and the top NFL game every week. Um, and have a good rapport with the fans already. Not that Kevin Burkhardt doesn't uh, already. But yeah, I, I just that's a really interesting point about Gus Johnson that I hadn't thought about. Um, I mean, he's there and he works games and they got attention for the, the game with Aqib, Aqib Talib, right? A couple mm-hmm. last year. Um, so he's going to get NFL assignments. I just, it's just interesting that he hasn't been noted as a lead guy. Although in my book, I would take. You know, Harlan, even though he's doing Westwood one on radio, he would give up that to do TV games. You know, um, Iron Eagle, I would take Bank Burkhardt. I think all those guys could do the job. But they wouldn't be Joe. I mean, and Joe Buck wasn't Joe Buck initially, but Fox loses a lot in this deal. And again, I don't think announcers attract viewers, but it's going to sound different to people who listen to games on Fox. Yeah, I, I think there's just a warmth, like a, familiarity with it that we've enjoyed and i think when you have that at a different time slot a significantly different time slot um i think that's interesting i do wonder about the monday night schedule i think one of the biggest gripes for the monday night schedule over the last really five seasons at least has been this is this is what this monday night schedule is this is the second biggest showcase or, the, or depending on the week, the biggest showcase of, of, of the sport, this is what you're putting together. Um, I always thought ESPN got stuck on that deal. I think they paid, they paid more than anybody else and they got bad games. 
I think this team will help them get some games. And I think Tom Brady coming back guarantees them a game that's better or maybe two among their 20. Um, those two moves, the, 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 the Buck move and the Brady move in the past week probably did some good things for ESPN's schedule in terms of the NFL next fall. Yeah, I, I, that's nail on the head there because I, I can't imagine that they would get a Jets a Jets game like I mean maybe a Jets game if they were playing somebody interesting but but a Jets Jaguars game or something like that some some pointless game and it'll but it'll be interesting like Amazon doesn't want that game on Thursday night either even though only people on Amazon Prime are getting it so that'll it'll be fun to watch how the schedule plays out that way but we've seen this with college football where really until Fox came in with the big noon game the best games of the week were always the night games. Like you know, ne- there was never until the big noon thing really started. And even now the the best games are always at either three 30 on CBS or seven or seven 30 on ESPN or ABC or, or some combination of that. And I think that's kind of sort of where we're heading. I, I wish I do semi wish, and I know it doesn't work like this, that flex scheduling was more of a thing in the NFL, the same way like college football, as, as much as it can be annoying as a fan, um, it is kind of nice because there are times when there are absolute stinkers of a Sunday night game that you know it would have been a whole hell of a lot more interesting to watch that four, four o'clock game at, at that time. Not that you, for the most part, we don't, living in the markets that you and I live in, we don't really get the average four o'clock game or the, the average four o'clock game which is usually one of the better games of the week um maybe fox takes a hit maybe maybe they do take a hit in terms of their their ranking um so that's interesting to see how that plays out i think the other thing that's interesting related to game selection and all of that allegedly much like al michaels again was traded for oswald the lucky rabbit uh fox basically traded esp to espn Joe Buck and on the way back ESPN gave up the Ohio State and Notre Dame game which probably will be the most watched college football game of the season depending on how Michigan does as well with, with the Michigan State or Michigan Ohio, Ohio State game I think that's I mean that you better I was thinking about this like you better have really good advertisers lined up you have better have a lot of money lined up for that game in terms of how much money you're making off of it because you're you're putting a lot of eggs in in that basket of that being the most watched game of the season and i think it probably will be um i think that game's in september if i recall correctly um so the third um it's early on but that'll be a night game you think it'll be a night game or you think it'll be a big noon game oh i don't know that's true well, because, no, that's opening weekend. Well, that's not Labor Day weekend, right? That's the following weekend. I don't know. Well, we'll know by July, right? Because that'll be one of those games that determine. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, yeah. You know, um, that is opening weekend, isn't it? Yeah, that is. Yeah, right. Because Penn State's out that out that Thursday out at. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. I was thinking about that. Um. Just because I think this will be the first time that probably Notre Dame has appeared on Fox, at least in my recollection, since probably the BCS era when when Fox had the BCS games. Yeah, I was going to say, I guess they had a bowl game somewhere, right? Yeah. Um, 
unless they had like the random holiday bowl or whatever the red box bowl that fox usually gets every year now um but yeah i i i just that's a lot of like i'm sure there are other stuff stuff involved with that but but we'll have to i just i made a note and we'll we'll have to wait till the fox stuff settles or maybe do we want it to settle or not we can get former podcast guests back from fox maybe rick russo to come back and talk to us about settling a team and breaking a new team Mm -hmm. as as a director and what he does you know what he's looking for hoping for whatever else he'd be willing to share and i do think that that does matter to to fans i think you have you have certain memories tied to certain voices and i think i think now the fox crew is going to send the nfc team to a super bowl every year you know still and that fox crew is going to get a super bowl every third or fourth year now um so it's a it's not a easy decision to make it's decision that comes with a lot of power and and impact yeah it's not something you plan on making again twice right like that's right that's the thing you don't want to be wrong this year and what you put together because you know, they're coming back next year for the most part. Well, and I think going back to the ESPN thing, I think that's what stunted their growth on Monday night is they were getting good games for a while. And then the, the crew kind of blew up a little bit and it's, they haven't really had a, a stuck, a stuck team until really now. Right. Hopefully. And these guys are young enough to be around for a while. I mean, as long as, <laughs> I mean, that's the other, the other domino in this is, is their salaries at ESPN. Right. And you've seen some of that in the media stories this week about how their salaries reshape who's getting paid what at ESPN. So the next time when people come to be re-upped, I'm sure someone who works year round is going to say, you're paying these guys to do 20 games. Right. And how much, and you're paying me to work year round. We need to talk about that. So that'll be interesting as well. Um, anything else? Sir. No, you're good. Nope. We're good. All right. Um, I think you have old guy in this week. I have old guy, young guy. I'm interested by this one. Okay. Um, I forget if I told you what I think I texted you what it was. You, te- so, you texted me vaguely about it, what it was. So we go to the beach this past week. We were lucky enough to, to make a trip to someplace warm and, and, and enjoyed beach weather. We were just down the beach from, from college students who were um, happy to have them there. They did not, they were not partying too much. They were not in any way bad. It was great to have a full beach at that section of the beach. But as we walk by, and we saw them celebrating and having a good time. What struck me was the lack. Well, it wasn't the abundance, but there was there was a decent amount of adult beverages, which is fine. But what struck me was the abundance of coolers. So these these fine, smart, intelligent college age students paid money to travel to another part of the country, decent money, paid for some place to stay. I assume are getting food somewhere, so they've invested a lot in this trip. They're no doubt going to enjoy this. They're going part of the trip to going to enjoy this alcohol. That's the plan. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But where the plan falls apart is they aren't keeping their beverages cold. And I guess I'm, I don't understand the mindset of not buying like, maybe they're saving the environment. They don't want to buy the cheap styrofoam cooler. They can't buy the cheap cooler, cooler bag somewhere. And instead their boxes of pick your beer or your truly cans are sitting on the sand. It just makes no sense to me. I was just thinking about how gross that is. Like, I just don't understand. Like, there's there's nothing worse than a 
just above cold beer. Just like, just maybe like a 43 degree cold beer. There's no way in 80 degree weather that stuff was just above uh, like, cold. Like, like, even if you get down to the day. beach at 10, by noon, noon, that beer is piss warm. <laughs> They're there. All, I just, honestly, piss and, and what was, what was the amazing contrast was there were families and retirees and whatever else who were sitting on their coolers or beside their coolers just feet away because they had brought coolers. And it, I was just a bit disappointed in the college age folks for not being smart enough to think about that. That's all. So I was just I curious. I think that's a very, very valid reason. I mean, so we have, I have a group of friends. We, two of them have access to beach houses. Um, along the eastern seaboard um so we usually get at least one maybe two sometimes now three beach weekends out of the year maybe a beach week in there mixed in there we are very strategic about loading up the cooler like that's a conversation that we have how many ice packs are in the cooler we don't get ice we only get ice packs like you know there's a there's a code that if you're going back to the house that you are expected to ask, does anybody need anything? So do you need me to bring back more alcohol from the beach to the beach or from the house to the beach? I'm just shocked that like, look, I understand like you're young, relatively young, but I've, there's never been a point where I've enjoyed warm beer. But I see it. I see it at Penn State games too. Now again, it's cooler in summer the fall. Different but I see the, the kids fall, walking past like. our tailgate, but they're carrying their twelve pack. They had to have carried it from downtown. There's no way it's getting colder along the way. Buy a little freezer bag. Buy a cooler bag to strap over your shoulder, and and give it to somebody. I don't know. Even if you lose it, if they, if you invest eight or ten bucks in it, so what? I just don't, maybe there's a business model there. Maybe I'd be selling kids cooler bags on the way to tailgates. I, I, I just, it just struck me that the smart kids, all the smart kids, the future of our country, right? We're sitting there with cold, warm alcohol and the retirees were like, huh, crack me open another one of those Ethel out of that cooler there. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Well, that's, that's just, what I was looking for. Yeah, I just didn't no. know. Now, uh, let me ask you this. I do think that there is, we do want to give these people the benefit of the doubt that it's very difficult to get a cooler through TSA. Not that I've ever tried, but but they didn't bring the alcohol through TSA. They stopped That's the true. Publix or whatever else, and they sure. sell they sell sure. the, they sell the disposable coolers just like anybody else. So I don't know. Maybe you. I mean, maybe even, like maybe there's a there's a business to be made in terms of that. Like like. Uh, Renting like, a bag in a cooler for the day and yeah, having to return like it or something. It, yeah. I, I don't know. Then you have to take them back. I don't know. But yeah, it just it just struck me that it just wasn't a smart decision. Now I know college students, maybe they've used up all their brain cells before spring break and they were just tired. Yeah. But it didn't strike me as a wise decision if you really wanted to enjoy the beverages at some point later in the day. Again, I'm just thinking like you can just you can oh, just like, taste that warm beach. stuff. Yeah. When you go to the beach, how long do you go to the beach for? Like what like on a usual beach day, what, what time do you get to the beach? 10, and we're there till 3. Okay. So, I mean, Susan's there. Susan and Sam are there at like 9, 10. I sure. might not be there till 10 30, but like. Till, so, let's say the beer shows up at 10. It's 1 30 at this point in the afternoon now. 
it's like it's probably gonna be hot to even touch that beer. You <laughs> know what, what I'm I saying? It. it was just it made no sense to me because we've been doing that since. I mean, and that's the weird thing with the college. I mean, it we were God married it right a year after college, right? So we had kids. You know, not much. We were not much older than college age kids, right? And we're planning to do stuff and whatever else, but we didn't ever go. And I didn't, I tailgates at Penn State. Like I, I wasn't old enough to really tailgate for a while. Then when I was old enough, I was probably working. So, so the mindset of carrying stuff with me and not having some way to keep it cold wasn't something I had to deal with or thought about. I would just hope somebody would take pity on me and give me a beer somewhere to tailgate as opposed to carrying stuff. But it doesn't make sense to me on Saturdays in the fall when kids don't have their stuff cold and it, and it made even less sense last week in like 80 degree weather with it sitting in the sand. It just, it just, That's it just was silly. So. Are you a, now some people are, are weird about this. Are you a wheel cooler with wheels or do you like to carry the cooler? Cause some people like to carry the cooler when they go to the beach. Well, it's hard to wheel it in this, depending how far in the sand, it's kind of yeah. hard to wheel it. So usually it's, yeah, probably like an arm, one on each arm kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So have you, the, the, a few years ago, we went to a concert this, this was life changing experiences. This was the mm-hmm. first time I ever experienced these. We went to a concert at Jiffy Lube and these people sat down in lawn beach chairs in front of us. And there's, she goes in and unzips something and pulls out a beer. And I was like, Oh my God, that's a cooler. So the Tommy Bahama chairs. Yeah. I'm amazed by those. That's it's one of those ideas that I wish I thought would have thought. It's a very good idea. Yeah. Um, No, those are great. Even like, what are you going to do about, like, even if you take a case of water to the beach, it should be cold because like even water gets piss warm. It blew my mind, Darren. I'm telling you, it just, it made no sense. Like I just, this was not where I thought was this, this conversation was going to go. With, when you, with when you walk out of the Publix down and... there, wherever they got the alcohol, like there were, there's, there's cooler bags there. That's their job. They say there shit. is. I know there is. And, and whether, if you want the cooler bag, great, but save the environment. If you want the styrofoam thing and you don't care or give it to somebody else when you're done. Like find somebody else say, hey, we were only here for four days or leave it in your room at the hotel or whatever else. Somebody's going to keep it cooler. Yeah. Like you don't, you don't have to say the styrofoam thing is going to ruin the environment because you can just share it with somebody else. But I was just so disappointed in that commonsensical yeah. intelligence. Yeah, no, you have everything with the other stuff. Upset about that. So there uh, you go. That's old guy, young guy for me. Very fired up about that. All right. Um, that's, that's pretty much it this week. Uh, enjoy your basketball. Enjoy your Shamrock Shakes. I probably I need to go get some Guinness. Speaking of beer, I, I don't have any Guinness in the fridge. Just so that's a problem. I have to go pick some of that up tomorrow. Uh, other than that, it was another good 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 podcast that I enjoyed with you, Steve. Uh, we've got an email at stuffsummersayspodcast at gmail We've got um a podcast that you're listening to when you're done listening to it please rate us with five stars and thumbs up and all of that um see what else that's pretty much it my twitter handle is at stuff summer says yours is at steve samsel uh anything else any other life advice any cooler wisdom that you would like i don't know it's gonna take a while to top that but i'll keep my eyes open i'm very upset by this i it's disgusting. It's gross. Well, we'll leave you with that. Thank you. Goodbye.